Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And Michael, we're not actually joking this time. It is, in fact, a beautiful day. Yeah, it's nice outside. It's beautiful. I was outside. It's light breeze, 70 degrees. Mm -hmm. Perfect day. And we are here to ruin that. (laughs) (laughs) We're here to destroy it for ourselves, for our listeners. (laughs) Whatever day you're having, I promise it will feel just a little worse after we spend the next hour or so talking about... (laughs) Mass shootings and SBC sex abuse. So, like, I think this is a good question. It's sort of our cold open, Uh blah, blah, blah. uh Do people feel better or worse after they listen to us? That's Give me a take. Such a good question. Welcome to ESPN The Zone. Okay, so (laughs) I do think there is some value (laughs) in when you are dealing with this stuff in your own life or Mm. just struggling Mm -hmm. to you know, comprehend the levels Mm. of evil and just having a couple more people in your life Mm -hmm. who are as angry and filled Mm -hmm. with rage Mm -hmm. and sometimes despair (laughs) as you are. I think that can be very cathartic. Now, there is sort of a follow-up question, which is, (laughs) is this podcast good for anyone's mental health? Okay. So historically, the answer has been no. I still, I, I think like, for me... Mm-hmm. It's nice to talk about these things, and then I just don't think about them for a little bit after this. Yeah, see, for me, I think I think this is sort of like you know putting a leech on an uh-huh. illness. This is a bloodletting. <laughs> like this is all of the shit that I do think about mm-hmm. in my day to day life, and I would be doing all of this research regardless. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, this, you this have is, the mini tabs. Yeah, this is the <laughs> the you know I eat the sin throughout the weeks. Right. And then and then this is a chance to just like let it loose Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and i'm very grateful that uh, some people out there find it valuable and listen to it because god help me i am going insane (laughs) yeah i think i come down sort of on the like i don't think we make it worse for people (laughs) now really though this is an excellent opportunity for listeners to respond we should not be deciding you're right yeah i want to know what do you think listeners reach out do you feel better watch our listenership plummet (laughs) (laughs) instantly like people start like self-reflecting we get unfollowed yeah 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 yeah. the moment that we're asked people are just like you know what no no fuck these guys actually (laughs) (laughs) it's not worth it also, they suck. Yeah, also, they're not good at what they do. Um, yeah, well, okay, that's not the question I asked. <laughs> I, and you know what? I don't want to know yeah, if you yeah, think that, we're that, good that, at this. that we prefer no answers do not, to. Do not. Taking no questions. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our press conference. Let's move on. <laughs> um, so speaking of lying people who are bad at their jobs, let's talk about cops. I will say this is an interesting time to talk about cops. Like... This is a heavier pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, briefly, we we say every before we we say every week this is a heavier pod. We might just have to say we don't do we don't do that many. We light don't pods. do many light pods, but I think I think maybe this could be a special <laughs> moment to say content warning. This is going to be discussing, you know, gun violence and sex abuse all episode. There's no lighter bits. There's no funny things. So if yeah, uh, you just li- the lighter bit. You just yeah, yeah you it. just heard it. Good job. God help you. <laughs> so like, you know, just make those make those determinations about, you know, what's good for you in terms of whether or not to tune in uh, or just when, when to tune in. My, Michael was like, uh, hey, man, I'm going to need you to bring some comedy. And I looked at him and I was like, first time, huh? <laughs> like, we both have the noose around our necks. Yep. Yep. We're here. We're here. <laughs> All right. So 
Uh, in terms of the police, what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, so, I mean, we're going to be talking about the Uvalde shooting. Um, we're going to be talking about the police response. We're going to be talking about lies. Uh, it is a horrific tragedy. Uh, 21 people are dead, most of them children. It is fucking disgusting, and it is shockingly typical for police responses to uh, mass violence events. Uh, so... I don't really know where to go in. I tried to make a complete list of all of the lies that the okay, police so, well, have told. If Republicans had their way, you would you would only have one yeah, door yeah. to go yeah, in through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> and, wouldn't have an and option. It would be a hardened door. Every uh -huh. time I will say, every time like Trump or Cruz says hardened door, I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm feeling like this is getting sexual fast. Like yeah. this is it's it's an erection joke. Like come on, man. Like this is you're not serious. I just want to penetrate the hardened door. I don't <laughs> like, understand what, not, how you'd think that's sexual, Zachary. I can't Zachary. think of anything else. I just wanted to go beep, beep, beep when I enter it. <laughs> Guns are metal penises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And, yeah, fuck. Not going to make that joke. Okay, we're so. Gonna, we're going we're gonna to go to the cops. Let's, uh, let's talk about some of the lies, right? Okay. So, first one, uh, the, the, the best one, I think, out the gate, the, the, the shooter was Iron Man. Like, we got this within hours, this, yeah. the tale that, like, the police got into a, a courageous gunfight outside of the school, but the bullets were just bouncing off of him. Like, this is some full-on, like, yeah, I don't know, the Avengers showed up, and it turns out they wanted to kill school children. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. All right. To be fair, they do. Yeah, to be fair, I, Iron I, Man is a war criminal. So. A, that's a plot. Like, I, I hate that I know this. That's a plot point. <laughs> In the adventures is that, like, Iron Man's a war criminal and creates these other people that, like, want to fight him. Oh, yeah, I yeah. think uh, Elizabeth Olsen, reasons why I might be interested in this plot point, <laughs> <laughs> hates Iron Man because he, like, killed her family or something. Is that right? I'm, like, 80% sure. I know that Iron Man's crimes are, like, sort of one-to-one -one with America. Like, he's a, he's a yeah, yeah. arms manufacturer that makes a bunch of money selling mm. arms to bad people. I um, check. He creates a world police situation check that then is immediately infiltrated by Nazis. Triple check, all the checks, boom. I still think, because we're going to keep doing it, like, I, I wish to, like, I don't, I want Tom Cruise to be making the movies Tom Cruise is currently making, but it would be fascinating if Tom Cruise, because he was, they originally asked him to be Iron Man if he had been Iron Man, because he is kind of the perfect American. What? <laughs> the perfect American? Tom Tell Cruise. me more. Tell me more. He's 100%. I don't really want to talk about the stuff we're going to talk about. So let's get into Tom Cruise discourse. First of all, I like t Top Gun has gotten great reviews, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> but like he makes excellent movies, but he is 100% evil uh, all of the okay. time. Yes. Like okay. he is evil, but he's kind of like beautiful and ageless and you're like, "Oh, that guy's interesting." And then he immediately murders everyone around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he is there is nothing there. But people can't quit him the same way that, like, even libs can't quit America. No matter all the war yeah. crimes, no matter like Tom Cruise, above all, is an American. He is both a victim of a cult and an upholder right. of a horrific That's cult. Right. Like, nothing more American than uh, right. licking the boot, man. Yeah, Tom Cruise being like the number two guy in a cult and is the perfect American. He's so powerful, but there's still one guy that at least that Tom Cruise is a victim of. Oh yeah. And I, I, that's why I think Tom Cruise should have been Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Iron Man <laughs> did the shooting. Uh, they, so they lied, of course, about the body armor. Mm. They lied that the shooter barricaded himself in a room. Yeah. They lied about how long they waited to go in. First it was 40 minutes. Uh, or Still first it was 20 minutes. Time, yeah. Then it was 47 minutes. Then it was 78 minutes. Why uh, isn't it zero, guys? Yeah. Um, it, well, and, and they went in right after him, which is another thing they lied about. Uh, they lied about a teacher leaving the door open when, in fact, the teacher had shut the door shut. Because the teachers in 
every situation here did a far better job doing their best to keep these children alive at risk to their own safety than the cops ever do or will. Um, they lied basically about doing anything to stop this guy. They, on top of all of their lies, they told children to call out. They got at least one more child killed. Um, once they were inside, they hung out in the hallway and waited for backup. And in the meantime, they tackled kids or parents that were trying and Ante's parents that were trying to rescue their own children, despite the fact that there are at least reports that they did exactly that for their kids. Uh. So um, it's really crazy now to go back to day one coverage mm -hmm. uh, where all you see is all hail the police, our protectors and saviors, <laughs> the police. There are there are children's bodies piled yeah. up in the school mm -hmm. and the governor of course, Abbott. The reason it was not worse is because law enforcement officials did what they do. <laughs> and I just want to say, it is not the reason it was not worse. In fact, it, they, if anything, aided and abetted the shooter in yep. his, his uh, shooting. But they did do what they do. And I do think that is yes. one of my major points yes. that we will get to towards the end of this. Is like, this is not abnormal. God, um, I, it's so interesting. It's funny, like, because we live in sort of like... Uh, the bluest state right and, and you know for all its bad things and, and good things because um, we're slowly being swallowed by the pacific ocean yeah. the bluest state yeah in more than one way and the blue, blue is in fact not the warmest color but uh <laughs> we got we hate democrats maybe more a lot of the times because i do think they did they're dishonest they want the same things as republicans but they don't tell you yeah yeah we, we spend more time ranting about red Simon. state governors uh-huh are worse. They are like maybe my most hated people. Like you look at like DeSantis and Abbott, and they are just so slimily, disgustingly oh, yeah. subhuman. Like they are worse. And then I look back at our governor, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like it's it's it really is bad. Yeah, out without there. getting into this, <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't want to go down this, but like I fucking hate Abbott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abbott, Abbott is a disgusting fuck, and uh, Newsom is just like him. But yes, Abbott is really really special it's just amazing the depths of depravity they yeah. reach yeah that's really the I think thing that, that i am like because like every day gavin newsom is like partying with hillary clinton and eating a baby and giving covid to a child but like somehow abbott goes just a tiny bit deeper like to be like manages to just just scrape in into that bedrock like just, listen it could have been worse there's 21 children dead in his watch he's like i don't know this is best case <laughs> That's what, That's, That's what he said. That's what he said. <laughs> uh, there's another quote from the day that has already sort of been covered up a lot yeah, because yeah, it yeah. appears to just be a random uh, DHS cop who was just on scene and decided to give an interview that he had absolutely no business giving That's classic. at all. That is classic, I will say. But it leads to one of the most insane moments, I think, in American mm -hmm. news reporting history, period, where... And maybe we'll just cut this in because yeah. I think his tone should not be missed. But I'll read it for now just in case. Where the reporter turns to this man and says, we've just learned that 18 children have been killed. Yeah. And this is verbatim his response. Right, Vanessa. So first I want to acknowledge the brave men and women of law enforcement. <laughs> Wait, okay. You know what this is? I realize what this is. Okay, so you know how like REI or whatever is doing like land acknowledgement before breaking unions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the conservative version of land acknowledgement <laughs> yeah. is first responder acknowledgement. Before anything happens, yeah, we, they I, have to uh, pledge allegiance to Israel uh -huh. and do a first responder. Oh, no, they, they, he fully has to sig hail before he can even talk. Like, What else can it be said? Like, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even done with the quote. 
Acknowledge the brave men and women of law enforcement that showed up to the scene, that were actually involved in the scene, that made entry to the school and saved more lives. Of course we lost 18, but I want to praise those brave men and women of law enforcement. That's him is the headline here. Oh, yeah. No, headline is... saves however many kids in the school. Like, I, there are 800 kids in the school, and it's like, no, uh, I think that we saved 782 children. That's what that's you're really saying. That's really the takeaway here. <laughs> no, it is just absolutely demented and i even even in that even in trying to bring my tone to it i could not capture how he's just like right vanessa of course the dead children anyways let's talk about how awesome we are because we fucking rule have i mentioned that we rule we have really big cocks here in this tech. is like jo this is what job from arrest development would say if yeah. like he was a cop yeah so it is it is truly staggering and i am going to see my own horn here because oh 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 because so ultimately wait, ultimately wait, you're tooting your own horn on this podcast what is a historic national tragedy repeated over and over and over again across if not a moment for me to you know say that i was right about things you know what you're right you pulled me back around i i am in fact worse than pretty <laughs> than much everyone we're that talking, than that cop yeah <laughs> but it became immediately obvious how bad this police response was that the the hero story mm. wasn't going to hold it. Yeah. and like literally next day I was not the only person saying this. Like, hey, the narrative is going to change here. From, like, yeah. the cops are heroes that prevented further tragedy to, like, these individual cops fucked up. And no sooner had I said that than there was a press conference on Friday where they said exactly that. That, like, uh, one of the heads of, I believe, the police department, not not the Uvalde Police Department, but one of the Texas Police Association, I believe, was like, yeah, I, I have no defense to offer of this. That this was this was bad, and he got a little choked up. And oh, like, no. and it's it's crazy because in both cases uh, today we're going to be talking about like regular asshole Republicans mm, yeah. versus like crazed alt right people. And there's mm. no good guys anywhere in this. Like no. the the head of the Texas police uh, force is not a good person. Let me just spoil something there. And even wait, that wait, guy is like, yeah, right this now. was this was bad. And a lot of the coverage since then has focused on like how these specific officers fucked up. Uh, specifically, yeah. I've seen reports from all over about how they went through active shooter training in February and like pulling the actual training to say like, hey, it's actually really important to go in without tactical reinforcement. Like even if you're by yourself, even yeah. if you're the person you're with gets wounded, like this is a moment where you have to go in no matter the tactical disadvantage. Yeah, and like I, I kind of fucking I don't know, maybe this is not the place place for it. But go for it. Might be. You've been around guns a little bit. I've been around guns my whole life. Mm -hmm. Like the cops, even if like this guy is armed, like you have better training, dude. This is like he's just a random guy. Yeah. Like you understand? Like you should go in even with your pistol. I'd still say the odds are with you. You've got a Kevlar vest on. You have a pistol. You have like months of training probably shooting unarmed people for target practice like the odds are still in your favor like the fact that they have to like basically guarantee you won't be in any danger whatsoever to me is insane because it's like you went to police academy for this purpose i don't believe in cops yeah but if there is a purpose this is it homie show the fuck up yeah and and i think maybe the point that I would make is like that is not the purpose oh, of cops, well, of and, we, exactly. and we know that, and we know that. But of it, course, but it, I think that's why this is such an important yeah. moment is to be like, hey, listen, yeah, uh, you know, as the world around you screams, these cops failed in their duty. Mm. The only important thing that leftists can be saying right now, or not the only important thing, but a very important thing for leftists to push back on is the idea that cops ever stop mass right. shootings. Yeah. Uh, uh, that, or, or that the, that it is in fact their purpose to prevent violence. It's yeah. not. It's not. And we see this over and over again. I mean, literally, just go back through some of the highest mass shootings. Like 
Columbine. Mm-hmm. People bled out because the cops waited three hours after the shooting was over to go in. Holy shit. Um, a lot of these sort of active shooter trainings that have been created since then mm-hmm. were, in fact, in response to how bad that response was. But it hasn't mattered. Pulse, they waited over three hours Pulse to go in. Pulse is, like, super notorious. Like, yeah. that, they could have stopped that guy. I'm not, they weren't going to, but, you know, they yeah. should have. Yeah, and, and we can, we certainly acknowledge, why didn't they? Well, because Pulse was a very famous uh, LGBT club. Yep. Uh, but even, like, Parkland, 47 minutes uh, with, you know, just waiting outside yeah. while this guy. And plenty of, plenty of, like, just white kids and that they didn't care about either. Yep, it is, it is, and the Vegas shooter. Yeah. Not until an hour after the shooting had stopped. That is still one of the wildest things that's ever yeah. happened. I mean, without falling down the conspiracy like six hours hole, on it, you can go listen to that. But some of the basic facts is before he even started firing on the music festival, he shot a security guard in the hallway because he had video cameras set up. At a casino. At a casino. The most like camera ridden place in the world yeah we've seen oceans 11 we know how this works he <laughs> shot him through the door the security guard of course called the cops the cops still didn't know he was there until they showed up basically uh like 20 minutes later and then still waited an hour to go through it was the door definitely not but that's not the point yeah uh we don't have to get into it now but yeah uh <laughs> but yes tune into next week's episode zach goes crazy so when your lib friends are outraged that the cops did not do what they do. And, and to be fair, we should be outraged that this is how the cops act. Mm. Like, whatever the actual training and purposes of police, they had an opportunity to save lives and they didn't. Uh, but it's important to say, like, they don't do this ever. They never have. They mm. never. They are never going to. No. Uh, it doesn't matter how much training and money you give them. As we and many people have already reported, uh, let's see. If, I actually found a little extra de- details on this. Ooh. So it's been widely reported that you know, the cops in Uvalde received 40% of the general fund. Oh my gosh. This is absolutely in line with a lot of major cities. LAPD is uh, at 3.2 billion now, about half of our discretionary fund. Oh, uh, I get, every time I, I hear that as an Angelino, I get sick to my stomach. Yeah, yeah. And and just to do a little drive-by here, uh, Nithya Rahman voted for that along with the only person who voted against it was Mike Bonin, a city councilor who is retiring. Yeah. Um, it's, it's exhausting. Continue. Anyways, uh, but in addition to that, the school had its own police department, which Whoa. is a very common thing in Texas, with five of its own officers and a security officer that was funded through federal funding. Um, so that is separate. And the Uvalde Police Department had just received a half a million dollar grant grant from the state's Operation Lone Star uh, program, which is actually just abbott's thing to put a bunch of soldiers at the border it's an anti-immigration thing extremely controversial we could do a whole episode on operation lone star but this was also giving more money to police departments in general and in part helps explain why uh is a comical amount of dudes who should be stopping this yeah yeah it also helps explain why ice and dhs were so fast on the scene because this was already tied in with federal funding um and stuff so we're talking about well, never, millions and millions I, I, of dollars in this I very small town crisis. i mean literally more funding than anything else receives yeah, of right like absolutely the absurd. one thing we shouldn't have in theory is shootings yeah. school shootings, like by random again if cops existed right, exactly. to prevent violence then we have given them every possible resource to do and so then some yeah uh so this was not actually a failure of training i'm not saying they didn't receive this training or that this yeah. training didn't do this but it is very much in keeping with cops responses and a lot of other things and i think it's worth talking about um parkland and school cops in particular because again the initial reports were that the school officer was on scene exchanging fire with the gunman turns mm. out he wasn't even at the school 
which I think is going to be used uh, if it hasn't already been to try to get more funding yeah, for these programs and get more cops because as as horrifying as this is the end result will inevitably be more funding for yeah. cops we'll get to that but like of course yeah but school resource officers like the guy at Parkland that sat outside for 47 minutes uh, actually do a lot of things they do a lot of things to further criminalize uh, mm. students they uh, the Parkland uh, cop well, okay so here's the thing it wasn't a black kid with a cell phone you see that's where you misunderstand yeah. Michael if it had been a black kid with a cell phone they would have tackled oh, yeah, they would have blown him away yeah yeah Absolutely. Uh, that Parkland cop that sat outside for 47 minutes uh, was reinstated with back pay. Uh, he then fucked off to Northern California and actually just did a men's health article like a few weeks ago talking about how innocent he is, in which he brags about having more arrests than anyone else in his department. So the, the, the Texas school had its own police department. Uh -huh. He actually worked for the Parkland Police Department yeah. and bragged about like, dude, I was making arrests all the time. And what he's talking about is what school officers actually do, which is criminalize, you know, their students. Yeah, 13 year olds with uh, like, a, we, you know, a couple grams of, wait, not grams, ounces of marijuana or something. Maybe yeah, ounces, but I don't do drugs. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. If here. any of our listeners I... ever had any doubt of how square Zach is. I oh. I have transcended the need for for drugs, so I'm sorry. Uh huh. Uh huh. You you are drugs. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Me and Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. We're both drugs. <laughs> We're weed. By the way, I want to say since you're just looking things up here, mm -hmm. coming up to someone and being like, "I am weed." That rocks. <laughs> I know it's easy to make fun of Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. I actually think they're doing it right. They're weirdos. And they're already famous, so they're weirdos in public, and they just, they don't care. Is it a bit? Who gives a shit? They're winning. I really You're talking about it. They're winning. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate that me being like, Zach, I need you to bring some humor to this extremely depressing episode. It was just like, I'm going to give you all my hottest celebrity takes. <laughs> Tom Cruise, the truest American. Machine Gun Kelly, secret righteous guy. Yeah, I, th I think, I think, because the, the legend is that when they first met, Megan Fox goes, you smell like weed. And then he says, I am weed. And then just fucks off. Mm -hmm. I think that rules. And then he got to date her. He knows what's up. I'm going to say it would have been more ruled if he just stayed fucked off. Like if he just <laughs> no, disappeared into the ether. That's true. Um, but, you know, come on. Yeah. Good for them. They found love in a hopeless place. <laughs> Okay, back on topic, <laughs> moving desperately hey, onward. You said bring humor. <laughs> Zach, meanwhile, is prepping his discourse on Jennifer's body as a er, feminist work. It's a good movie. Uh, it was ahead of its time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> if we ever have a Patreon, that's the first movie we're doing. Okay, fine, cool. I'm game. Uh, yeah, so basically, just to uh, sum this up, School resource officers spend a lot of time criminalizing students yeah. and also occasionally shooting them mm. as somewhat... Tasing uh, them, beating them, oh, yeah. arresting them. Uh, and, and of course, that falls particularly on LGBTQ kids and yeah. people of color. Yeah. Uh, in Long Beach, not too far from where we are, a school resource officer shot a kid running away in the back not yep. too long ago. This is, this is a very common thing. Uh, so... I want to talk a little bit about some of the other training that uh, not necessarily Uvalde officers receive, but it's the most common police training in America, which is Killology by Dave Grossman. Ooh. Something we've discussed on the pod before, yeah. um, perhaps most famous for talking about how good sex is after you murder someone as a police officer. That is still one of the most insane things yeah. we've uh, we've encountered on this uh, He's gotten pushback since the George Floyd protests for how many killer cops have 
taken his training. And, and mm-hmm. to be fair, he's not teaching like the six months of training that cops receive where they teach you how to brutalize people. That's just regular cop training. Mm-hmm. But he has received tons of funding from police departments for doing these sort of like how to how to keep yourself safe. And he is as responsible as any human being for the perception among cops that like every person is a potential enemy and shooter and your job is to survive a day where everyone wants to hurt you uh all of this like police union talk about how like cops are under attack Mm -hmm. which as we know is not true cops aren't even in the top 10 most dangerous jobs if you're a podcaster more dangerous arguably yes i mean i'm not really joking um if you have ever been a retail worker congratulations you have have a more dangerous job than uh than, than a police I like officer. to think of myself as a first responder. If you've ever been a, a pizza delivery man or delivery oh, yeah. person, congratulations, your job is infinitely more dangerous than being a cop. That, like that, you can count that. If you've been a UPS guy, yeah. your job is more dangerous. Uh, if you've been a cabbie, your job is more yeah. dangerous. There was just a couple weeks ago, LA revealed a, a new memorial for all of its fallen officers. 562 officers. Okay, we also had a memorial for the for fallen officers, but it was more of a dance club vibe yeah 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 yeah. there was a fair amount of peeing in and around <laughs> graves it was weird grinding like uh, uh disco balls yeah 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 it was it, it was, was a good time it was a good it was time a good time. zach did several ounces of drugs <laughs> <laughs> i would be a terrible undercover cop i'd uh, be like hey you got any of those uh illegal substances <laughs> Eh? You would eh? be you would be the one person that would manage to be accused of being a narc when you just aren't. A hundred percent. I've gotten both of these things that I either seem like a drug dealer or a cop mm. in different, and I think both are true in a way because like I would just never touch the shit. I'd be like, you want to buy these drugs? Yeah, I hear they're really good. <laughs> like, but I don't know. <laughs> like, drink my Earl Grey tea. <laughs> <laughs> With just a twist of lemon. Yeah. <laughs> it pairs nicely with the bergamot. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Where was I going with this? <laughs> you successfully... I, I do appreciate, though. It is good. Like, your response to, like, please bring humor to this is like, what if I tried to derail this pod at every just, opportunity? And it's the right call. We're not doing it. We're not... We're, we're just not talking about it. We were talking about killology. We were talking about killology. We were talking about how this... Cops training is always to maximize control and minimize risk. Mm-hmm. And that... There is no version of more training or more funding for cops that is going to make this problem better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, that comes down to the fact that, like, legally, the cops have no obligation to protect you. That is still one of the wildest things. Like, I don't know. Do you do you want to? Talk yeah, about let's get into it. Let's. I think. I think That's it's really insane. important because I, I guess my my point on this is like in this moment of national tragedy, mm-hmm. everyone is looking for answers. Families are hurting. Yes, this problem keeps happening over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned the Buffalo shooting last week, mm-hmm. and we. Uh, are now spending a lot of time delving into this shooting and there's going to be another shooting next week and there have already been more shootings since then. They're like, this problem will keep recurring and if we keep trying to give the same answers of like, we just need more and better cops, it's going, it's only going to keep getting worse. So go ahead. Let's talk about why cops have no obligation to protect you. Well, wasn't there, well, okay, you give the information. Okay, all right, so. Because I know it, but I don't have it. Like, there have been so many court cases that have upheld this. It's not yeah. like one Supreme Court ruling. But mm. let's talk about like one of the most yeah, yeah. damning ones. Uh, this is Joseph Lazito was on his morning commute through New York City when he hopped on a subway, blissfully unaware that a stabbing spree perpetuated by Maxim Gelman had been going on for over 24 hours at that point. Holy shit. Lazito, okay. go ahead. I'm going to make light of this. Okay. But stabbing people for 24 hours straight stamina like that guy is a fucking athlete 
And I just, I just have to say that's what I'm taking away from this. You're a monster. Let's move forward. Uh, Lazito was, would be the final victim in this stint. After Gelman boarded the train and confronted the police officers that were in a secure area, he turned to Lazito and said, you're going to die. Oh, fuck. Uh, what transpired afterward was what Lazito would describe as what every man thinks about at least twice a day, which I have to say I don't agree with, but... Unlike most of the times when I hear this sort of like braggadocia from men, he earned it. He fucking earned the right to be like, yeah, this is what I think about dog. Yeah, I mean, you got to give it to him. Lazito tackled Gelman and they struggled physically. Gelman stabbed Lazito in the head until they both hit the ground and Lazito disarmed Gelman. Only then the NYPD officers that were standing there intervened to apprehend the stabber. So first of all, we have to give it up. Italian excellence through and through. <laughs> Undeniable. This guy rules. Yeah. Uh, so... After the fact, he sued the cops because the cops stood there while a guy attacked him with a knife and he had to disarm him himself. That does seem a little absurd. A little bad, huh? A little less than great. Given the fact, the fact that he said, and I quote, you're going to die. And the dudes with guns were like, damn. Yeah, shit but sucks, bro. Loki fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> Not chill. Not good vibes. What the fuck, man? Okay, I'm going to read this uh, directly from a Prospect article that covered it really well. He lost the case in 2013, not because the Manhattan Supreme Court judge didn't believe him or because he lacked evidence or because the cops had a good reason for not intervening. Lazito lost because of a precedent established by the U.S. Supreme Court. The cops do not have, have a duty to protect you or anyone. <laughs> I feel like at this point, there's no point. Like, why have cops? Yeah, excellent question. Yeah. Why have cops? Okay, Uh so this, this Supreme Court ruling is called DeShaney versus Winnebago County Department of Social Services. Mm. And let me just warn you, it's extremely dark. Oh, no. Uh, a young boy was repeatedly abused at the hands of his father. Mm. Social Services was aware of this, made no effort to remove the child. His mother sued once the four-year-old entered a vegetative state. Oh, God. As a result of this abuse. And the court ruled that the state did not have any special obligation to protect a citizen against harms it did not create. Uh. Yeah. What a what a fun ruling that one is. Nineteen eighty nine, Supreme Court said, eh, "Fuck it." That leads to a good question. Yeah, I don't know if this is it. This is it. We're bringing it. What home. is the purpose of cops? Because we have just established mm -hmm. um, the purpose of cops is not to protect people. They have said that for thirty three years. Yeah. So what <laughs> are they for? It's a good question. Um, we've answered it many times of on this course. podcast. We know, we know, we know. Listeners of this pod know that police exist to en enact violence and, mm. and be a tool of control by the state. It's why in an era of rising protests, we saw police violence against protesters explode. It's why even when the protests weren't about police violence, police are still responding incredibly violently to protests mm. about climate change and abortion rights. Uh, it's like... The police are just a hand of the state to enact violence predominantly on black and brown communities. And to protect property. Yes. Uh, and to protect the economic status quo. Yes. And not protect your property. Mm -mm. To protect corporations, giant homes, gated communities, yeah. they're not, they're et Not even arguably there to protect homeowners. Police no, solve 2% of... No, I mean like million dollar plus Yeah, homes. yeah, yeah. You're t we're talking about... They, they exist to protect capital. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like, yeah, when, when property is becomes capital, that's yeah. what they exist to protect. And uh, and it is only going to become more naked. 
that they are they are just quite literally not just unwilling not just because our police departments are largely staffed with white supremacists like not because 40 percent of police are domestic abusers by their own self-reporting still one of the most staggering statistics not just because we know police only solve two percent of major crime Uh, that's still crazy we should be doing major crime what i didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) i'm a good i'm literally drinking earl gray tea as we speak and certainly not because uh despite the countless countless narratives propped up in every newspaper in the country about this retail crime wave that you see the Golly, number, that drives me crazy oh my god losing my mind because the number one form of theft is still wage theft and it outstrips all other forms of theft i will go on like not gonna get into what exactly but like i will be like reading shit on the internet mm-hmm. and people will be like man you can't go out in la these days you'll get robbed shut the fuck up yeah, like absolute like, nonsense like I, i've talked about my vague interest in luxury goods and uh-huh. people who like are into these things will talk about like man can you even like wear your watch or your sneakers in la or new york and it's like shut the fuck up yeah it's just <laughs> fucking ludicrous um one if you wear that shit you deserve to be robbed i'm sorry sure um, but like that's part of it if you want to wear fancy shit wear fancy shit but like it's just fine yeah if you get robbed it's also fine i support uh theft in most cases of course um, Anyways, uh, but no, they exist to protect. Yeah, and and so in this moment, as we continue to struggle with how do we how do we stop this, how do we move forward, just know that like police can never be the answer, and we actually do have answers. We you know if we take that money away and invest it in health and social services, mm-hmm. we find that these things are actually very effective uh, deterrents at stopping mass violence. And without saying too much about the shooter, which I've avoided intentionally this whole time. Sure. Um, uh, He's exactly what you think. You, yeah, and and but it, and to see conservatives try to turn this into a mental health issue oh, sure. is extremely dangerous because, as we know, people with mental health um, struggles are much more likely to be victims of crimes than enact them. But this is clearly somebody whose life was hard. Yeah, that is not a justification for yeah. anything, and would probably have benefited a lot from a government that provided services to assist him in real and material ways. Um, of course. And it's a damn shame that we don't do that. Man, I I would kill to disarm the cops. Like, I'm obviously more on the gun control train anyway. We're not getting into that. But yeah, like, we'll save that but discussion But we should at least day. disarm cops, man. Like, I look at Britain and it's like, man, those cops don't have guns. That's so much better. Like, they're for, like if your cops can't protect you, at least they shouldn't be able to murder you that easily. Yeah, with impunity. Like, that must be so nice to know that cops only have a yeah. baton. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, that is, like, I look over there and I'm like, shit, man, that could be us. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to say here is, like, I think it's important two things. Yeah. First of all, they're going to use this and are already using it to say this is a specific instance of bad apples, which yes. I love. Again, finish the aphorism. They're going to use this to say, this means we need more and better cops. Mm-hmm. They're Because it doesn't matter. If cops had saved, had actually done the what they should have done like you know run in and say only a handful of kids got shot like two or three they would have been gotten it would have been a whole thing forever oh yeah and and they would have been more cops but because of this they've been like there's inadequacy in cops that means there needs to be more and better cops the answer is always cops and secondly i don't know i maybe i hold on to this bitterness too much but like joe biden is the copiest cop of all oh my god like joe biden during his run there was leaked audio of him telling civil rights leaders to stop talking about police violence he told black people to stop talking about cop violence and i will say i'm still a little bit salty about all the communities that showed up hard for joe biden like 
it's not my place to say, but also like stop showing the fuck up for Democrats. Like we were protesting Roe v. Wade in LA and they sent in the most Democratic city in the country, they sent in cops to beat people. Oh yeah. Like Democrats are fucking cops. Republicans are even more cops somehow. I don't know. If- State of the union, Biden being like, this is not the time for defund the police. I say fund the police. And I just, I'm fucking over it. Yeah. I'm fucking over it, and I'm fucking over ever supporting a de- basically any Democrat again. Like, fuck off. Uh, yeah, without turning this into a voting discourse, no, uh, I, I, I think it is worth stating that a, one of the major things I've seen is like, this is why we have to vote blue. Yes, yes, and that's please, what I'm please, to, please, yeah. please don't ever think for a second that Democrats are ever going to help this problem. Like, yeah. Because again, we're in a desperate time and, and yeah. one of the important things is to know where to go for solutions right. and knowing that Democratic Party. Joe Biden said while running that he would do executive order shit and assault weapon ban. Yeah. Whatever you think about weapons is probably fine. But like, and now this week he was like, I can't, he literally was like, I can't do anything. That's what Congress is for. Incredible. And said Mitch McConnell is like a, one of the reasonable Republicans. Like, <laughs> did I think, he? He did not. No, he did. Here, like, actually, this is worth finding. The okay, quote, okay. I found this. I was like looking. Holy I, fuck. I've been off Twitter and I don't even know when I'm going to come back. But I found this. This is an article from The Hill. Mitch McConnell is a rational Republican. Cornyn is as well. <laughs> okay. I think this is actually. Yeah. I don't want to totally derail this, but I want to take a half second. Mitch McConnell took the Supreme Court seat while he was vice president. You were there, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just. I don't know. It kind of gives away the game. Not yeah. that we don't know it. Not that we haven't. But like. I think there is an increasing, I think it's fascinating that like Obama could play the game a little bit. Mm -hmm. Obama could be like, Obama was George Bush. He was a third term of Bush, but like he could play the game better of saying like, oh, you know, it's, it's fucked up. Yeah. 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 (sighs) It's crazy how they stop me. Shaking my damn head. Doing everything I can guys. But Joe Biden can't even keep up the kayfabe. Yeah. Well, because his entire career has been like, I'm the reach, reach across the aisle. I'm the reach around the aisle guy. Yeah. I'm, I'm the handjob guy. Let's let's not even. <laughs> I wish it was consensual, but and true. And it's fascinating for him to be like in the wake of this after everything that has happened to be like McConnell and Gordon, two ghouls, yeah. two of the worst people that have ever lived. They're rational. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. He just kind of gives it up. It's like, yeah, no, like he thinks. Yeah, he, and not rational because I, I would say that McConnell is a rational actor sure. too, of but course. in a very different way. In the yeah. sense that, like, yeah, all these people know exactly what they're doing. Yeah, and, like, and you do too. Yeah, and and so I I don't know. It's just the final thing that I want to end yeah. this segment on because we do need to move forward. Uh, the police chief of Uvalde mm-hmm. was sworn into city council this week. Yeah. Uh, because he was duly elected. Of course. Um, and because there will never be any consequences for these things. Uh, they did it in a private ceremony so as not to upset the victims' families. Just like uh, the other use of the cops, you know, like uh, to protect the Supreme Court justices the moment they take away your rights. That yeah. is incredible. The private ceremony of that, I think, is kind of, that's all Fucking I Fucking staggering. All right. So let's get on to a whole other tragedy, shall we? Take a deep breath, Zach. It's like it's like a roller coaster where you do the loop de loop and you're like, whoa, and then it's like, nope, it's like another loop de loop. I like roller coasters though. Oh, okay. <laughs> I actually like them too. I don't know why I chose that analogy. Should we go on roller coasters together? Okay, why haven't we done more roller coastering? I like I like going on roller coasters. I like going yeah, to parks. Six Flags is not that far away. I've been to Six Flags here. It's fun. We should Damn. come. 
We should do a shitty Christian's pod from Six, Six Flags. One of my uh, less brain melting obsessions for a while mm. was watching roller coaster reviews because there is a fairly Aww. involved roller like coaster this. affectionate community yeah. that will like really delve into the specific mechanics of the roller coasters, <laughs> how much G-force, how much float time you get, mm. talk about history. There's a lot of interesting things about how wooden roller coasters change over time. Yes. Uh, I fell down that rabbit hole for a couple weeks. I uh, I can't believe we've never talked about this. I love it. I've been to Bush Gardens a bunch of times. Many, many Six Flagses. I was a Paramount King's Dominion kid growing oh, up. nice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think they exist anymore. If I'm, I could be wrong, but I don't. I think, think King's so. Dominion does, but I don't think it's owned by Paramount anymore. Ah, and now just, we're really getting yeah, into yeah. specifics. But I, yeah, I just like roller. We should we should do Six Flags. We should it's definitely a good time. do Six Flags. I'm actually curious if my uh, now like 30s year old body will hold up to them. Or my dad, because we're here. Yeah. Uh, went to I think it was Six Flags over Texas, but it might have been somewhere else in Texas. Went on one of the older ro- wooden roller coasters. And broke a rib, or cra- cracked a rib, when he was like in his like early forties. Um, and I think that like I don't know, that's kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of danger. Yeah, like roller coasters don't do that as much anymore. So sex abuse. <laughs> Speaking of Six Flags, I'm sure. So uh, I- I'm sure a good portion of our listeners know, but honestly, there have been so many things happening in the world. We live mm-hmm. in this just like ever accelerating, you know, free fall. It's uh, wild, man. Yeah, yeah. Free fall for people. America is doing just fine, and that America has always been this evil. This is what it was built to do. But, uh, you know, for actual human beings that have to live in this godforsaken country, it's been it's been rough. Uh, so, after nearly a year, uh, the 400-page report into cover-up of sex abuse by the executive council of the SBC was released. Uh Boy, howdy, they were like the Vatican, just like trying to keep yeah, this Yeah, and I actually, I think we're going to start with how hard they fought to keep yeah, this from happening, because yeah, yeah. I think it's important. And I know, dear listeners, I know that this is a thing I've spent entirely too much time talking about. I know that I subjected you to an entire episode about the Southern Baptist Convention <laughs> last year. I can make you guys feel better, though. Yeah. Michael subjects you to this because he is a sick man. Yes. I subject Michael to my own insane research, though, if it makes you guys feel better yeah, about like the true. history of child pornography and abuse in this country and like exploitation. So you're suffering, but just so you know, Michael is suffering a little bit more. Yeah, I, I'm double suffering because I do yeah. all the suffering to prep this thing, and then I get to Axe Insanity. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a lot to cover in what it reveals and a lot to cover about what Guidepost Solutions, the uh, legal firm that did this investigation, is and what their purpose is. But let's start by briefly going back to 2018. Because while victims have been speaking about this issue for decades, 2018 mm. was really when this started to break as national news. Mm. There were a couple more major scandals that involved larger and more luminary figures in the SBC and heavy quotation marks. And it started <laughs> gaining steam, not yeah. just as like a thing that victims have been screaming about mm. without being heard, but as a, a national scandal. Uh, in response to this, J.D. Greer and the SBC created the Caring Well Initiative, which was designed to like help churches deal with sex abuse mm-hmm. uh, better. A whopping 2% of SBC churches participated in it, which I think is pretty damning as an indictment. Of that is wild. I, think I, I knew that, but I forgot it. That's incredible. Uh, there was a Caring Well conference when Rachel, Rachel Denhollander spoke about SBC specifically mishandling victims' mm. cases, uh, which led to some backlash. This is uh, the beginning of a series of things that led to the exit of people like Beth Moore and uh, Russell Moore, uh-huh. the nomination, uh, the more uh, open split between the alt-right wing of the conservative Baptist network in the mm. SBC and the more 
mainline Republican shitty wing. Like, again, yeah. there are no good guys here. And we'll, we'll talk about some agreer specific crimes in this. But after Rachel spoke out and said, hey, I am literally the lawyer for this victim. And this case was mishandled. Uh, Ronnie Floyd. Oh. And then the president of the executive council or executive committee uh, had a meeting where he said a whole bunch of shit. Most notably, I am not worried about that, referring to abuse claims. I'm thinking about the base. I just want to preserve the base. It's really cops all the way down. Yeah. We're a nation of, like, cops and people being beaten by cops, but yeah. let's go on. Um, so this, uh, through a lot of work by the Houston Chronicle and their abuse of faith mm. thing that sort of made known a whole bunch more abuse, yeah. uh, this eventually came to a head at the 2021 um, meeting of all the SBC churches where ch all churches can send message to convention where they can all send messengers, messengers can vote on things. And there was a thing on the table to do an investigation specifically into the executive committee and how they had mishandled abuse because mm -hmm. these reports had gained steam. The executive committee, using some of the bylaws of the thing, said, hey, no problem, we'll do it ourselves. And in the days leading up to the uh, convention, they said, hey, we have hired Guidepost Solutions, the mm -hmm. same Guidepost Solutions that eventually released this report. Why is every... Every organization like that calls something like guidepost. Yeah, it's like, it's terrible. Like it's not, like guideposts could be the name of three things. Mm -hmm. uh, this kind of weird legal firm could be a, a venture capital firm. Mm -hmm. Could also be a super PAC mm -hmm. run by a centrist Democrat. Could also be an arms manufacturer. Oh, I like that. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, also could be a uh, one more mercenary group, mercenary guys mm -hmm. like um like like black uh, like Blackwater. Yeah. Guidepost. Come on, it's right there. Yeah. It's uh, incredible. Amazing what we do with language in this country. I really love the English language, and I'm just continually offended by how we just fuck it over at every opportunity. We love to rename the same crime. Yeah. Uh, anyways, so we get to this convention. Mm. This is what we covered in our previous episode. The executive committee uh, says, hey, no problem. We got this investigation handled. Mm. We are referring it to ourselves. We are going to investigate <laughs> ourselves, something that actually ties back to the cops, where yep. they love to do yep. that. <laughs> we're gonna start we're gonna we're, and shitty christians we're gonna investigate how bad these jokes are and we'll get back to you with some better jokes importantly yeah jd greer mm. rolls over in this well moment. of course he does of course he does and vanilla uh, obama yeah and uh and he is ready to move on he says there's nothing we can do this is how the bylaws are written when the only hero in this story, and that's not true. There's a lot of victims who are yeah, heroes yeah, and yeah, that yeah. they have spoken about this time again. But the only pastor that comes out looking halfway decent in this, Todd Benkert of Oak Creek Community Church in Mishawaka, Indiana, stood up. Can we have him on? Yeah, maybe. And he said, I would like the opportunity to make a motion to overrule the committee on order of business at the appropriate time. And essentially, what he did was know the bylaws better than J.D. Greer <laughs> or anyone else in that convention room and knew, knew a, a very little known thing that, like, basically the messengers can overrule this ruling yeah. by a majority. Uh, it, the motion was met with applause in a second. Then almost 15,000 local church delegates known as messengers raised, raised their yellow voting cards in the air, far more than the two-thirds majority needed to overrule the committee. Yeah. So. Uh, in this moment where the executive committee tries to seize control of this thing, mm -hmm. Todd Bankert stands up and says, mm, how about no? And to the, to the very limited credit of the messengers there, mm -hmm. they voted for it overwhelmingly. You know, I, pre I genuinely appreciate it. Yeah, that. it's very hard for me to square how they nearly elected, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, like, 
a CBN yeah. hyper racist guy who'd uh, been attacking abuse victims. Like it was forty eight fifty two yeah. to put him as president. But still, I, I think the executive committee at this point had made a fair number of enemies and they wanted them investigated at the very yeah, least. I, it's interesting. I'll give them credit for that. I mean, people... Yeah. The Southern Baptist Convention has allowed a lot of abuse. Yeah, needs to needs to burn to the ground. But, but people are complicated individually. Anyways. Uh, so they approve the abuse investigation. The executive committee, kind of realizing they've lost in this moment, says, okay, no problem. We're not going to fight against it. Uh, and then proceeds to do exactly that for months and months and Incredible months. Incredible stuff. Um... They spent tens of thousands of dollars to resist waiving attorney-client privilege, which would allow the investigators to review communications between SBC lawyers and committee members, i.e. the real shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They also tried to control the final shape of the investigation's report and warned that if their secrets were revealed, the SBC would be ruined, which I gotta say... is That's so damning. Not the I'm most like, compelling imagine argument. Being, imagine being like people know things will be ruined it's yeah. like i don't know man maybe That's, you should be ruined yeah so that like, kind of seems like maybe people should know things then yeah i would like to read those transcripts 16 committee members resigned in protest including uh, floyd protest yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i gotta leave yeah man. Like, uh, i just got a stomach bug i don't i don't know something's coming down uh my kid's got a soccer practice I'm definitely not going to abuse her. Anyways, uh, I know. I'm sorry. Listen, you can't be the only one making jokes. I have to go dark, too, sometimes. Um, I accept that. So, 16 committee members resign. Uh, The legal team that, as we find out, is very responsible for a lot of these things, um, you know, says we want nothing to do with this. But... In spite of all their fighting, after months and months of delay, and they, they did manage to delay for like seven or eight months. We actually Wild covered months. how they kept having meetings and yeah. not voting to waive attorney-client privilege. They finally, enough of those people realized what was coming, fucked off. They waived attorney-client privilege, and 400 pages came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me just sort of sum up some of the findings. Okay. So this is how it ends. Survivors and others who reported abuse were ignored, disbelieved, or met with the constant refrain from the SBC that it could take no action due to its structure, mm. even if it meant that convicted molesters continued in ministry with no notice or warning to their church or congregation. We also found out that the SBC had been keeping their own internal list of abusive pastors, something that victims had been crying out for for a very long time and, in fact, had made their own list. This uh, is interesting because, like, it begs the question, like, why have the list if you're not going to use it? Well, the list, uh, I think, exists for damage control for them. Like, yeah. So they had the list. Mm. They've been keeping it for over a decade. It stretched mm. back to the 60s. It had over 700 names on it. My goodness. And I just want to be clear. Um, when we're talking about this, those 700 pastors, like, 90% of that is people who are convicted of crimes or pled no contest. Yeah. Like the reason they have these 700 names is because mm. these are actually people that were caught. Right. Uh, this is, does not represent even the beginning of the full amount of abuse present in the denomination. Mm. I think we're increasingly going to see claims that like, because only a handful of these people are still active in SBC yeah. churches. And that is horrifying enough that there are of like course. nine from this list that are still currently working mm. at SBC churches, or at least were at the time of this report's release. But if you say there are 700 abusers and only nine of them still work, then you could maybe make the claim that like, hey, this is being handled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we need to put this in the context that like, these are people who are convicted or caught. These are, this is not in yeah, any yeah, way, yeah. the vast majority of sex abuse never gets reported. And for, of course. I'm gonna say good reason <clears throat> because victims will tell you how fucking challenging it is to report sex well, abuse, how little how it happens. Yeah, we, we know what cops are. So the vast majority of the time, um, it doesn't get reported. So just know this list of 700 people, tip of the iceberg. Mm. Um, of course. 
But nevertheless, they kept this list internally for their own protection mm -hmm. so that they knew where the bodies were buried, so to speak. And they knew uh, who was operating and they knew how to protect themselves better. Um, they knew who to be careful around. Um, and to be clear, there are some churches that are choosing to not be careful at all in the wake of this. But of course. ultimately, this falls down on a guy that we've talked about before, August Augie Bodo. Uh, who was one of their longtime lawyers. We've talked about him before in the context of him testifying in defense of a convicted sex abuser who abused children. As it turns out, since we covered that, there's been even more information in terms of this guy, this lawyer, who has been with the SBC, I believe, since the 80s, mm -hmm. um, was coaching this abuser about how to have contact with children after his conviction without their parents' knowledge, Ugh. including providing private cell phones. Ugh. So, like... The absolute most... He testified, for the record, specifically in his role as an SBC uh, person. He was not a pastor, but as a member of the SBC uh -huh. and, and using that sort of religious authority mm. to defend the character of this man. I just think, like, when you die, mm -hmm. there's one thing, like, when your life, when the, when the footage of your life plays, mm -hmm. you never want a clip of you defending a uh, convicted pedophile. Just, you yeah. know what? It doesn't have to be there. It's not great. It's yeah, not but, great. Yeah. So in addition to finding out that this list existed internally mm -hmm. for over a decade, mm -hmm. there was also new allegations against a former SBC president, Johnny mm -hmm. Hunt. Uh, Johnny Hunt is d deeply connected to an institution we have a lot of connections with, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. No way, he both so graduated from there. He taught there many times. Mm -hmm. uh, you have since seen a lot of these institutions scrubbing uh, <laughs> videos, but you know, videos with hundreds of thousands of views of him doing trainings and chapel ceremonies. Like he yeah. is intimately connected. We know a ton of people who've either seen him speak or know him personally. Yeah, uh, and, and yeah, literally the president of the SBC. Yeah. Uh, sexually assaulted a woman in 2010. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to get into the specific allegations beyond that uh, the fact that he claimed it was consensual. Nobody finds that credible. Mm. Even in the wake of this, he is. So he resigned the weekend after this report or before this report was released from the North American Mission Board that he was still in a high position mm -hmm. at. Uh, he has since gone on to release letters saying, no, no, no. Like, I was really depressed. I was having a hard time and I had a brief consensual encounter, but I called it off before anything bad happened. Mm. Uh, that is not what the victim says happened. Um, and the victim was the wife of another pastor at the church. Guy post interviewed all these people. They came back and were like, yeah, this is not a credible claim from Johnny Hunt. Oh my gosh. Um, so again, we have yet another president of the SVC that has mm -hmm. done active abuse himself. In addition to Paige Patterson covering up the abuse of his pastors. And in fact, the longest, uh, you know, for all these 700 names, the longest entry was for one... I remember, like, when Dr. Reed was out there basically fucking everybody. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it's... Um, and, this like, there's no... I, I don't know. I kind of don't... That was mostly covered up. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he got the fuck out of Dodge very quickly. A guy that we heard speak multiple times. Oh, a ton of times. Was the head of a student ministry we were a part of. Um, and he just, like, was definitely, you know, might have been consensual, but, like, wouldn't surprise you know like the way it was framed it's hard to know because, it, yeah, like, because it was so covered up so much it, because all he made was one statement the way all these guys do i i erred in my judgment i lapsed i sinned I, i'm going to take time for reflection but and then got the fuck out of dodge i don't 
But there's never been an accounting of what really happened there. And I never, ever trust a pastor when he says it was consent. Yeah, he's off. I was like looking on my phone just to see because he was on Facebook until very, very, very recently still. Oh, wow. And he's, he's just deleted it. But like, yeah, there's no like it's wild to me, like how consistent this is. And, and like regardless, like he was a professor, like it's still an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Students regardless no, of consensuality. And, you know, I think many, that's arguable many too. people have argue, argued very well that pastors cannot have consensual yeah. uh, sexual relationships with it because, and this is something we're going to cover more, all these churches are structured like cults. I'm yeah, not saying that they're all used in that purpose, but they absolutely can be. Um, but the longest item in terms yes. of details of, was for convicted sex offender Daryl Gilliard, a mm. former protege of Jerry Vines and Paige Patterson. We've covered him more oh, in yeah. full in another episode. But he was an up-and-coming pastor. He was fiery. Paige Patterson loved him. And he abused women his entire career yeah. for decades while being under the protection of Paige Patterson. Um, just a couple other details that are really dark. Um in a 2008 legal memo to Bodo, Gunther, another uh, member of the legal team for the SBC, advised the Oldham of, to avoid gathering any more information about abuse allegations, telling the tipster to, uh, who called in to report it to call a lawyer and decide whether or not to contact authorities. Gunther, conclu Gunther concluded that Oldman, Bodo, and the executive committee had no legal duty to take further action with regard to abuse. Incredible. I don't think it can be overstated mm -hmm. how many people were harmed by the inaction of these individuals. Like oh. tens of thousands. Easily. God. Yeah, we know of thousands of victims and we yeah. know that the thousands of victims are mm -hmm. the tip of the iceberg. Like tens of thousands yeah. of people whose abuse was facilitated by these people. Yeah. And I've said it before, but like, it's just, it doesn't like, it's a choice that you can't do anything because like the moment you had a woman pastor, or like a gay person in any position of leadership. Oh yeah, you would have been booted out of the SBC like instantly. We've talked about it before, but the instantly. SBC has disfellowship churches for allowing gay members in it, wow. but not for sex abuse. Yeah, and I don't know, man. All right, yeah, I do know. Come on. Yeah. Come on. I, I think it has never been more naked. And I, I need to say that, like, I appreciate this guy post solutions report. It is like mm. the other reports we've read for them, absolutely scathing in how directly it points out individuals that are responsible. But Guidepost Solutions is also very clearly to me a controlled burn. Um, mm, yeah, oh yeah, of course, limited hangout, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, when when they did the, because this is the same team that did the Ravi Zacharias case. Yeah. That concluded that- oh, There's so many perfects. Ravi was just doing rapes on the regular, mm, just nonstop, constantly. that's what he was about. Yeah. And that this the people, his team around him should have known but didn't because they trusted him so much. Yeah, speaking of limited hangout. Yeah. This dead guy, he was a huge predator, but nobody could have ever nobody known. Nobody knew. He was a pastor who was literally getting six or seven massages from young women a day. How could we know? And taking masseuses on travels with him alone. Again, like, whether it's Ravi or Elon or Jeffrey Epstein, it's the same fucking playbook, guys. Just a brief bit of advice to every human being on the planet. Yep. Never, ever, ever, mm -hmm. under any circumstances, mm -hmm. get on a private jet yep. with anyone, ever. Never do that. Yeah. If, you will not be safe in the air and you will not be safe when you get where you're going. If you were being ushered onto a private jet, yeah. like go into like go into a ball. <laughs> yeah. Just like or run. Yeah. Fight or flight, man. Like, like that is like just just know every private jet is like that. Every private jet is a conduit for human trafficking. 
literally true 100% of the time yeah i don't have any exceptions yeah. to that um so anyway so they did this is a controlled burn this is a controlled burn so this this is pretty damning about certain members of the executive committee mm. and definitely of their legal team that did clearly do everything in his power to keep this from getting out even to other members of the executive yeah, committee yeah, yeah. absolutely however just like ravi this is also a thing that has been openly talked about by victims forever of course. and just like when it, it is absurd to say in the ravi case these people didn't know because they trusted too much when victims were telling them mm. that's not that's not not knowing that's choosing not to care yeah. you literally can't call it not having knowledge of a thing it's choosing to say i don't believe victims i believe ravi yeah uh we're doing the same thing again guidepost is very good at shining a beam of light into darkness but it is a very focused beam and it needs mm. to be said that like this problem mm. will not be solved by all of these people getting kicked out of the executive committee and of the denomination. I doubt that's even going to happen, but it won't solve when it does. It's so interesting how it's ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. Like you could, you could. I'm not going to get into all these, but just is to point this out. Like the sort of like uh, the Times Up organization. Like they were like giving uh, Cuomo help to like smear accusers. Yeah, you know. Uh, of course they you know work with like all kinds of big dnc shit um you know of course hillary clinton trying to smear accusers uh you know even and you can go you know all the sort of epstein uh compatriots that were like nope it's just jeffrey all these people he's putting these girls out to don't know huh what weird it really is like i know we do this all the time mm -hmm. i know but there couldn't be less of a connection between the sbc board and dnc politics right sure. in terms yeah. of like the people that run them, mm -hmm. they're like in very heavy quotation marks values, but actually there are. Yeah. These are the exact same playbooks. It is, couldn't be more systemic. Like it's wild to me that there's essentially no recourse. The most powerful people seem to all be rapists. I don't know, I can't, I don't see any proof of the, to the contrary. And like everybody, whether it's like conservative Christians or liberal Democrats is trying to just protect them. Yeah. Like that is like, it could not be more ubiquitous. Oh yeah, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere, and like, I think it needs to be said. Like, there's a reason it happens this way, right? right? There's a reason that uh, there are so many abusers in the SBC, so many abusers mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church, so many mm -hmm. abusers in Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, it's because sexual abusers and abusers in general seek out positions of unaccountable authority. Yeah. And that's why this problem cannot be solved by putting new people into these roles. Yeah. It can only be solved by changing fundamentally what these roles are. The New York Times fundamentally thinks that, like, they genuinely believe, and I'm doing this, that Kamala Harris would be a different, better president because of, like, her identity than Joe Biden, rather than, like, she would be literally the same person and has said, parroted the exact same things her entire life. And when she became AG was more conservative than her predecessor. Oh, yeah. She ran as a top on crime alternative to right. a progressive DA. To a white guy, which I think is, like, actually perfect because it's like, no, identity doesn't matter there, right? Like, and so I'm not just saying that to get a one on. It's like, no, the identity didn't help. And I think it's really interesting that, like, that's the Hollywood, the Democratic Party solution. And the Republican conservative solution is just, like... It's just this one bad guy. Yeah. You yeah. need a specific different guy. And also probably he wasn't a bad guy. Probably he's a really but good also guy. He's probably kind of a real one. Probably you know? she came on to him, you like, know? Like, listen, we, haven't you made a mistake? 
and I actually think one of the other things I want to say is like I want to draw the analogy out further. Okay. Like because I think you're right. The, what you're really hitting on is the positions of unaccountable authority because there really kind of is no difference. Having spent time with both between a film set and a church, they center around one or two people, and they are basically like allowed to do whatever they want all the time. Yeah. And and I just think like you really hit the nail on the head. Catholic church, Protestant church, film set. Um, the same thing. Same thing is true of political groups. Yeah, and, and and business in general. Business in it general. just gets underreported because those things are pretty sewn up. But like this happens in every industry. But like and like this is this is not a pro HR podcast. Never would be. But like you at least have the fig leaf of HR there, which again I understand yeah, works yeah. for management. But like you don't even have that for things like churches, mm-hmm. film sets, um, the arts in general, yeah. and and like government. Really, those things don't exist. Yeah. You know, Congress is its own HR department, which would tell you why Matt Gates is out there buying and selling children as we speak. I uh, to bring this back to the SBC. Yes. Um, <laughs> you know, I love getting systemic. Yeah, right? yeah, of, of course, and it is a systemic issue. But you cannot solve this problem no. without dealing with the fact that the SBC is a patriarchy. Oh my like, gosh! Yeah. Uh, just as much of a patri- patriarchy as the Catholic Church. hundred like, percent. Yeah. Um, you cannot deal with this mm-hmm. if, when you have a system that says that wives need to submit to their husbands. Mm-hmm. Like the theology is broken and facilitates abuse. And, and yeah. without changing fundamentally what we conceptualize, what the SBC conceptualized church as, yeah. uh, you know, because right now it's little fiefdoms. And that's why mm-hmm. I say they're all little cults. Yeah, they're all little popes. So, some and we some hate of popes. them, and we fucking hate popes. Some of them uh, are trying to do good things with their popes. Genuinely. Mostly they are not. Yeah. Um, but regardless, it is still a position where, uh, you know, according to this SBC report, like, oh, we can't do anything. We just can't. So There's nothing we can do. <laughs> By design. By design. The same way that they will not protect you in your marriage is the same way they will not protect you in your church is the same way they will not protect you at a denominational level mm-hmm. because it's not what it's built to do. And once again, we're yeah. back to looping in the cops here. It's not what it's built to do. Yeah. These institutions are built to be oppressive. And... One of the things we see over and over again in these moments is, uh, you know, calls for repentance, calls for a desire to change, calls for new voices. We need to do better, but you can't do better. Mm. You can't improve. The, I, I, let me take that back. You can you can build a better prison, sure, but it's still going to be a prison. Yeah. Like, and you can you can make a slightly less aggressively abusive SBC church, but you cannot fix the problem of abuse. You cannot fix the fact that abusers will seek out these positions unless you change the position. Yeah. Um, and there is, as far as I can tell, no calls for that within the denomination. There are lots of calls for repentance. There's a lot of calls for, you know, forms of accountability. But the truth is that this is never really about the executive committee. The executive committee did absolutely horrific crimes that they should answer for. But mostly what they're involved in is covering up the crimes of churches and pastors, mm-hmm. covering up the crimes that happen in a much more micro level. And, you know, that's going to keep happening mm-hmm. as long as the SPC exists as it is. And yeah, and, and that's actually, I can tie all this together. Yeah. That's what, kind of why I wanted to bring up a little bit connecting it to the wider world. Because, like, really, I think if there is, like, an end goal, something we talk about as leftists, to the leftist project is, like, a radical equality, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, I don't, and we say that word a lot in America, but we don't actually mean it, right? What we actually mean is that, like, you know, it's on paper, but it never exists. Like... What left it, like again? What we need to build a world without these um, structures of abuse, because abuse is going to happen the moment people are put in positions of near absolute power over each other. 
and it happens in the SBC and it happens in the rest of the world is abuse because that's fundamentally antithetical to human flourishing. And any leftist project, basically any sort of telos to that is that every is a radical sense of equality of outcome for all people. You cannot have billionaires without abuse on a wide scale, yeah. but also on a personal scale. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that they abuse people one-on-one -on -one and they abuse people writ large, yeah. right? These things are connected. And the only way to like get rid of it in the SBC, to get rid of it in the DNC, is that like you just like this is a radical equality. Like that is the end goal. Yeah. And it's the only way to get rid of this is that like nobody is different or other or underneath anybody else. And, and that is the only way to root these things out long term. Yeah. You you have to destroy the institution that let this happen. And I know we say that a lot. Yeah. But. Yeah. And it, <laughs> it, but it's it's. An interesting moment because unlike capitalism, unlike, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the hellscape that we live in with cops, people can just leave the SBC. Right. Like, yeah. you can just, this could end tomorrow. People mm -hmm. could just stop I mean, and going. And they are to a point. Yeah, to, I mean, it has been bleeding. And yeah. uh, between that and COVID, uh, you know, I think, unfortunately, some people are leaving for more ultra-conservative churches sure. and, you know, creepy nationalist projects. But Cop church. Cop Church. Um, <laughs> Still great. God, every show, episode yeah. of our show is just Cop Church. Oh, fuck. Cop, this, this episode's also Cop it's, Church. It's Cop Church all the way down, baby. Um, so true. But yeah, it's uh, just in case you thought that good was going to come from this. Uh, and yeah. I still think there could be. No, um, but like, I think that's the dream, right? Yeah. Like, the dream is equality. Yeah. And because of this, because of literally at the SBC. I am very pleased that these things have been brought to greater light, but... I'm going to quote now from, uh, I believe it's from Jennifer Lyell. Uh, she mm -hmm. was a former head of, uh, like a vice president at Lifeway. Like she was in oh, this. Wow. Uh, she was abused by a Southern Baptist professor. Mm -hmm. She wrote about her abuse. And then the Baptist press changed her report of her own abuse to make it sound consensual. Holy this shit. This resulted in death threats against her. Holy uh, shit. And it took the Baptist press like over a year to print a retraction and apology for changing this woman's recounting of her assault to consensual sex. Holy Again, shit. we could spend and have spent a lot of time talking about how Christians don't understand consent and, sure. and willfully misunderstand yeah, consent. Yeah, and over yeah. and over again, when you see these pastors caught in abuse, they'll say the same thing. Oh, it was consensual. Oh, I have lapsed and I have sinned, but it was consensual. It's David and Bathsheba writ over and over and over again across yeah, yeah, church yeah. history. But this is what she has to say. She says, we have not fixed anything. She is grateful that these reports exist, but she believes the convention is inherently flawed. She said, it's a billion dollar operation overseen mostly by volunteer trustees with almost no accountable committee. The executive committee, which oversees the business, everything we've been talking about, a few dozen staff and 80 volunteer trustees. Mm -hmm. These people aren't accountable to anyone. And it's, there's a lot of money here, which is something that maybe gets missed in a lot mm -hmm. of our more theological discussion, mm -hmm. is that there's a billion dollars flowing through That's this organization. Wild. And uh, and that is a lot of incentive to keep things the same and keep these roles of power the same. Um, mm -hmm. Because these people like having access to those yeah. resources. They're like, There's a reason that all these fuckers have mansions. Um, and I think it's it's important to end just, yeah, like, listen to the victims. Yeah. I've seen a lot of things from victims since this report released. And a lot of it does say, like, hey, I'm really happy that this, this validates things mm -hmm. we've been saying for decades. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm glad it's there. But don't confuse this with change. And don't confuse change with new faces in the same roles. There's such an obsession with... Yeah, I would just, I would like... I mean, this is the whole argument, right? Like, I would like to stop focusing on, like, the, the idea that, like, 
the system is good. Yes. But these people failed it. Yeah. Over and over and Perhaps over again. the system failed us. Yeah. The system The system made these people. Mm-hmm. Like, individuals made horrific choices. Of, of course. course. Of course. And they should be held accountable for those. But the system determined that that would be the case. Like, it made sure that abusers could find these roles. Hunt them down. Yeah. One of the things in this report is yeah. that they kept... They kept yeah. from the executive committee or other members of the executive committee that they knew that abusers were seeking out mm-hmm. pastoral positions. Right. Um, anyways. It's exhausting. It, it is extremely upsetting, but not much more to be accepted from an institution that was created to protect uh, slavery. Yeah. This is the founding of sea and remade in the 60s at the hands of an abuser uh, in order to protect the patriarchy. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's so crazy how it still sucks, huh? So crazy how wow, the the three biggest names there of the conservative resurgence all either abused people themselves yeah, yeah. or covered up said abuse. Shocking. Paige Patterson, by the way, I don't think we've covered this. Oh, yeah. Smuggled millions of dollars out of the seminary after he got fired. Using that same Augie guy who, you know, has been banned from the SBC mm. because he helped smuggle millions of dollars. And then he went on to use that money to help found the conservative Baptist network <laughs> that almost won the election last year. Like there's a whole other scandal there with oh him gosh. just robbing his seminary uh, in order to fund a hyper right wing reactionary movement in the denomination. Like still trying to remake this denomination in his image, even after his expulsion from it. Oh, man, there's just so many people to uh, put on other lists Yeah, for other reasons. Yeah, to just line them up, maybe against a wall, maybe not. Who's to say? Uh, anyways, I don't have anything happier to say uh, except I believe a better world is possible, and I, I dream of it nightly. Um, and I hope that uh, Me too. Me too. all of our listeners are taking a lot of care yeah. to... Um, protect themselves and their sanity in these very trying times. I am um, off Twitter. I, I encourage it for a while. Yeah, I, I think I think giving yourself space when you need it is important mm-hmm. because there is more fighting to be done and you can't do that when you are continually exhausted by reality. Anyways, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor. Uh, I mean, don't, but you can. I'm <laughs> <laughs> um, Zachary Allard. Uh, when I'm tweeting, you can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. Follow the pod at shitty underscore pod or check out our Discord for more discussions on all of these topics and also lots of cute pictures of pets. I do love animals. Also, porn bots, please stop trying to join the Discord. Really hate that. It's uh, it's funny, but it's, it's annoying. Funny. Yeah, it's funny, but also fuck off. Yeah. Uh, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks.